Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, CN Rail reports four new grain export records. We also hear about CN plans to spend over $100 million in Saskatchewan on track improvements. Real Agriculture looks at scouting for sclerotinia stem rot. The Canadian Crop Ale Association has a new report on the large number of claims so far this summer. We talk with the co-chair of the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network to outline a new website for farmers facing insect problems. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. CN Rail has broken four grain movement records this past month. Executive Vice President Sean Finn says CN Rail has set a new crop year-to-date pace of 26.9 million metric tons, as well as best first half of the year, best quarter, and best month of June grain shipping figure. He says CN moved a record 2.7 million tons of grain last month, breaking the old mark of 2.4 million. We have a pretty good story to tell, you know, when it comes to moving grain uh, in the first part of uh, of this year, this calendar year, but uh, leading towards the end, obviously, of the of the current grain crop. You know, we set uh, a record for uh, the first half of the year. Um, it had been initially at 13.9 million metric tons we've moved. Now we've moved 15 million metric tons so far this year in 20, uh, 2020 for the crop year ending in July. Um, and, you know, as you know, last uh, July we filed our grain plan and we were, ex- we were expecting, you know, uh, a good crop, but we're at, the, we're at the high end of what we're expecting as a crop moving through June. Uh, the record, uh, you know, for the full year was 26.5 million metric tons. We're already at 26.9, so we're going to beat last year's record, obviously. And the month of uh, the quarter, the last four months, the last three months, excuse me, again, 8. One five metric tons versus eight point zero eight. So again, and then the month of June was a was a very good month. Also two point seven million metric tons versus two point four four. So it just goes to show that uh, you know the supply chain has been uh, working very hard, been humming. Everybody's been doing their job very well, and uh, you know we're very pleased. Our employees have come to work every day through COVID nineteen and realized the grain has to move. Some would say we're moving a lot of grain because other commodities are down. I have to remind people there's still other commodities moving. Plus you know this time of year we're on our railway fixing the track from doing maintenance and making sure that the railway is safe. So it does eat up some capacity. So notwithstanding uh, us having slow orders and some track uh, being worked on, we're still capable of moving quite a bit of grain during the month, uh, the second quarter of the year, and ending up the, the grain year, the grain crop uh, season at the end of July, hopefully very strong. You've more or less answered this, but I have to ask, what are the UEC as the key factors behind this record grain movement? I think it's it's uh, very, uh, very important. A couple of things. One, our large capital investments in Western Canada. Uh, again, this year it'll be $2.9 billion, of which $105 million will be in Saskatchewan. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's important because you know, it was important for us to create capacity between Winnipeg uh, and Edmonton and to Vancouver. So I think the track capacity improvements due to our capital were there. Uh, lots of locomotive 
photos available because of our purchase, uh, additional grand cars that we purchased, and also our crews. I mean, just coming to work every day and making sure they can run the trains effectively. But it's a team sport, Jim, as you know. We need to have the, the farmers getting their grain in the truck to the elevator. The elevator is loading our trains, us getting uh, from you know uh, Regina or Saskatoon or the prairies to Vancouver or Rupert or Thunder Bay, and then having the the, uh, the ports unload them effectively and load the ships. So it's a team sport. And I must say, you know, I've been doing this a little while at CN, but very impressed by the performance of the overall supply chain. And when we decide together, you know, that we can do this and we all work together, it just shows that the Canadian transportation logistics uh, supply chain can deliver uh, the grain that's being grown by our farmers in Western Canada and, and delivering the crop to markets in a very efficient fashion. Are you prepared for the summer and fall movement as our crop comes off? Yeah, obviously we have, um, you know, COVID-19 is, is uh, you know, has uh, reduced some of our volumes. We have crews which have been laid off. So we're very comfortable that we're going to have the crews back on our property come uh, the, the grain crop that's coming in uh, that's in, on the ground now. Uh, obviously, locomotives and cars will not be a problem. Uh, and I think that when it comes to track capacity, because the work we're doing this summer will be ready. And obviously, we're about to prepare. We've been out preparing and consulting on our 2020 2021 uh, grain plan, uh, and we're seeing, uh, you know, we're expecting another strong uh, crop based on current estimates, and we've, uh, you know, increased our targets a little bit, because obviously, you know, that, that grain plan has really created an environment within the railway at CN, but also with our supply chain partners of a better understanding of, you know, how we go about meeting our weekly grain spottings and how we perform to them, and having a target focuses people's minds. So our operating people at CN done a great job with our marketing people, but also just having it out there so that you know, farmers, the grain industry, and people understand we do have a plan, and it's a, it's an ambitious plan. Again, we're out there consulting as we speak, and we're be happy to we're going to be happy filing it with uh, with uh, Ottawa as well as our colleagues uh, in the grain industry in July. And hopefully, we'll have a good a good plan to move the crop that we see coming at us for 2020 2021. So, just good government policy to you know to have the railways put in place a plan, and it has motivated and enthusiastically focused our operating people to say we want to meet or exceed our plan by doing. So it helps the overall overall supply chain. Coming up, Finn provides detail on CN Rail spending $105 million in Saskatchewan this year to upgrade rails, ties, and other track infrastructure. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Salford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. CN Rail has announced expenditures of $105 million in Saskatchewan this year. Executive Vice President Sean Finn says the funds will be used for track and other infrastructure upgrades to ensure grain movement continues at a record pace. So it's it's uh, uh, pretty much focused uh, on the province. Uh, 65 miles of of, uh, of rail being replaced, uh, 145,000 new uh, ties, uh, 12 road crossings being resurfaced. Uh, you know, maintenance work on bridges, culverts, uh, and signal systems. What's well, basic? You know, the basic capital you have to invest to make sure the railway remains safe. Uh, and then there's a series of investments which are tied to growth. So some some uh, obviously sidings being improved and also access to some of the grain elevators in a way that we can be more efficient. So it's a mix of, you know, $105 million is, uh, you know, almost three quarters is uh, maintenance of the right-of-way and improving it. The balance are special projects.
projects that we have. But obviously, uh, it doesn't include locomotives that we purchase that we don't allocate to Saskatchewan. But there, you know, you could double that number when you take into account what is what is invested uh, when it comes to rolling stock, locomotives, uh, uh, information systems. So it gives you an idea that uh, it's on the ground in the province, $105 million, but at least double that when you think the assets that we use in Saskatchewan to serve our customers and enable trade. Now, you also have a farm uh, in southern Quebec. Tell me how's things going uh, this summer. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, Jim. Yeah, the farmers on the Quebec Vermont border, the Quebec side, so the cattle is uh, they've all calfed, and uh, and we have a good uh, good turnout of uh, of new calves at the the their limousine. So they're, we're very proud of the performance so far of both the the bull and the cows, and uh, the blueberries are are almost ready. We have uh, six thousand plants of blueberries, so it'll be a busy July between uh, making sure the calves stay healthy and uh, collecting those blueberries, harvesting them, and getting them in the market so we can sell them to our our neighbors, but also the local local grocery store. So it keeps me busy, not a full-time job, but uh, uh, July is a busy month on the farm. So looking forward to spending the weekends there and doing some work. Sean Finn is the Executive Vice President of CN Rail. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. We are back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Justine Cornelson, who is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. How's it going today? Yeah, good. I'm enjoying another nice warm day, so... Absolutely. So we're now getting to the time of year across the prairies where we're seeing, I mean, obviously there's variation, but we're starting to see some flowering in canola. Um, and with that, we're looking at scouting for sclerotinia. So what can you tell me about scouting? Yeah, you know what, it is that time of year as we move into July, that crop's starting to flower. Um, sclerotinia, it's something, it's our kind of our, our top disease each year for canola. Um, the way we manage it is with a fungicide application. So it's really making that decision of do you need to spray or not? Um, so that's where the, the scouting piece comes into it. And and really, it, it comes down to environmental conditions. You know, do you have enough moisture? Um, is that canopy wet? Is that soil uh, saturated or wet um, to create... Uh, or to start that life cycle off. And um, in Manitoba in particular, we grow a lot of host crops for sclerotinia. So we, we know that the inoculums there, we know the sclerotia bodies are in the soil. They're just waiting for the perfect conditions to germinate. Um, so it is, it's one of those really tough ones. And of course, each year is different. And we've had upwards of 15 inches of rain here the last uh, week in Manitoba. Uh, so we're not really sure what that's going to do to the sclerotia bodies. Are they going to be able to germinate and produce spores when they're underwater most likely not um, but we've been hot and humid and and that's what that disease really likes and, and how it flourishes so so what does it actually look like in the field so when we're when we're scouting for sclerotinia, um, the first kind of piece you're looking for is the applecia. So that's what's um, the kind of we call it the the mushroom or the tea-like or like golf tea-like uh, mushroom that comes out of the sclerotia body. And and that tiny little applecia is going to produce spores. Um, they're tough to find, so it's not a real good indicator. From there, the applecia push up spores into the canopy onto the canola petals, uh, and then petals drop down. And, and that's what's saying. You can't see the spores at that stage, but you're really going to be wanting to watch the petal drop. Um, and from there, when the petals drop down into the canopy, they land on leaf material, um, they'll land on the stems, and, and that's where the infection really takes off. Um, and eventually, you, with the conditions are right, you start to see white mold, which we also call it in soybeans. 
same thing. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the other host crops? As you said, soybeans. Um, is there anything else that actually carries that sclerotia? Uh, sunflowers are actually one of the, the worst crops. Um, any broadleaf plant is a host for sclerotinia. And that's another issue. Just yeah, naturally within our, our environment, um, it, it occurs. So um, it's there on all other broadleaf plants as well. So that's why we, we do grow um, quite a few host crops. And in areas where we grow lots of canola, right, every second year, um, you're really building that that inoculum and, and allowing those sclerotia bodies to go back into the soil. And how do you decide whether it is time to spray? Like, is there a certain number you're looking at per plants per square meter or... Yeah, so with, with sclerotinia, um, you know, you kind of go through your little checklist, you know, I am, I've... Am I grow, have I grown host crops the last few years? What are the environmental conditions? You know, have I seen a bunch of humidity? Um, Kelly Turkington just presented last week, and he was saying, you know, if you're seeing anywhere from, I think it was 10, or 5 to 10 millimeters of rain every few days, uh, and if you've got a relative humidity of over 80%, those are the ideal conditions for those sclerotia um, bodies to germinate and, and produce that apothecia and then eventually spores. Um, so that the conditions, um, you really got to consider that. And then when you're in the field on when to make that decision to spray or not, you're going to look at a percentage of bloom. And, and what you're wanting to do with your fungicide application is coat as many petals as possible before they drop down into the canopy. Uh, so when you go in, uh, the, the recommendation is anywhere from 20 to 50% bloom. And, and that window is, is put in place mainly because that's when the most amount of petals are going to be open. Uh, the rough kind of what we say or what we recommend is 30% bloom because at 30% bloom, that's when you start to get the petals dropping down into the canopy. So you need to coat them before. Uh, so when you're looking at that, that fungicide application, you're wanting a really high water volume so you can push that app or that fungicide down into the canopy and also coat the plants as well because um, that's where the real site of infection is coming from is, is lower down in the canopy. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, partly cloudy, 60% chance of showers this afternoon and tonight with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind west 20 increasing to 40, gusting to 60 early this afternoon. The high today 21, the low 10. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm. Wind west 20 increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high tomorrow 24, the low 12. Wednesday, sunny, windy, and a high 26, the low 11. Thursday, sunny of a high of 27, the low 15. Friday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 30, the low 14. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 24, the low 13. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high near 23. Normal high for this date, 25, the normal low 11. 
Sun rose at 5.02 this morning. It sets at 9.06 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Yorkton and Hudson Bay, both tied at 23. The cold spot, Cypress Hills in the southwest corner at 10. Estevan is 22. Saskatoon, 16. Swift Current, 10. Weyburn, 20. Yorkton is 23. In Regina with cloudy skies, it's 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 27, gusting to 37. Humidity is 58%. The barometer rising, 100.7. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 18 degrees. Winds are from the west at 33. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. The latest report from the Canadian Crop Hail Association says crop damage hail claims total over 120 for storms in late June and early July. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Omolchenko, says heavy rain and flooding contributed to crop damage from hailstorms in parts of western Canada. Manitoba, Alberta, the storms haven't let up. They've actually increased in uh, in frequency, but uh, and severe really in the middle, but not those long extreme storms. Uh, Manitoba, we've got uh, anywhere from La Riviera, Plum Coulee, Steinbach, Rossburn. You're looking at different things in Saskatchewan as Churchbridge, Calder, Bigger, Estevan. Arborfield, Carrot River, Melfort, Lake Lenore, Tisdale got hit really hard. Star City, Siemens, and Assiniboia uh, all got hit. Alberta, we're looking in Lethbridge, Coaldale, places like that got hit really bad. Nearlandia, Thorburn, Warner, uh, Nobleford, Turin, Millerville, Medicine Hat, Hilda. So all over the place, Jim. Tell me about what size of the hailstones were these places. There's some pretty large stuff. Most of it's in that marble, pea-sized marble stuff, but there is certain areas where it got larger than that. But there's been some really drastic, it creamed things right off. It's very severe. There's a lot of wind with it and everything, and uh, it really chopped up the crops in certain areas. Some flooding too? Yeah, there's some been heavy rain in that Brandon area. Lots of flooding. Uh, there's, it's you know, you got rain that's coming in four to ten inches at one shot, uh, and that's kind of hit, hit and miss all over the place. So this is the period for late June to early July. Just how many claims have you, the member companies, dealt with in that period? Just this last, yeah, this last little bit, there's another 120, and they're still coming in. So we don't have a full report on how many are coming in. There's some places are way too wet to get to. So farmers haven't really got it in, but tell them to get it in. Like We need to let the farmers know to get it in as soon as possible so we can get out there and then have a look and, and uh, get some money in their hands. And you said damage was light to severe? Very light to severe, yeah. It's hit. It seems like this storm season is where it has smaller areas, but very severe in the center, and it peters out really quick to light quite quickly. But where it's severe, it is really severe. It's, it's uh, turning crops into like summer fall. And you said that this year is really a busy year again? Again, yeah, it's turned out to be, and we're having hail quite often, like every, almost every day. It's, it's not, no change let up from last year. And with this uh, moisture in the air and the uh, hotter days that are coming, I don't see a, <laughs> it letting down in the future here.
Make sure, like, we're practicing our COVID-19 government regulated systems, uh, and uh, please let the, you know, let the farmers, let our adjusters know if they're feeling, you know, sick or anything like that. Uh, we're taking all the precautions possible in association with all of our companies and making sure everybody's safe out there. Rick Omolchenko is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. This segment of Saskatchewan Well, we've been Agri- using a blog since 2015 to communicate. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. A new pest website has been set up to alert farmers about insect infestations on the prairies. Insect research scientist with Agriculture Canada in Saskatoon, Megan Vankoski says the website has been set up to predict insect risks to farmers. Well, we've been using a blog since 2015 to communicate in information about insect pest risks across the prairies, uh, but the blog has some limitations and we thought that it was time to grow beyond that. So we're basically going to be using the website for the same purposes that we use the blog for to communicate information to farmers and agronomists and anyone else with an interest about what's going on on the prairies related to insect pests and beneficial insects. What's the key area way this will help farmers, benefit farmers? Well, one of the main focuses of the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network is insect pest monitoring and scouting in fields during the growing season. So the website provides protocols that we have um, developed for scouting insect pests and we use those same protocols when we conduct annual surveys across the prairies so that we can produce risk and forecast maps. So that's really one of the most important things that the, uh, the blog did and that the website will do is provide some of that really important basic scouting information. Can you right now tell me what is the current pest problem in Saskatchewan, insect threat and risk? Well, we monitor several different insects on an annual basis. We're looking out for pea leaf weevil, cabbage seed pod weevil, grasshoppers, wheat midge, wheat stem sawfly, diamondback moth. There's quite a few that we, we are looking for every year and conducting monitoring exercises for across the entire prairie region. This year I'm hearing some reports of some isolated grasshopper outbreaks. I know James Tansy was talking about some farms in the Regina area that have really been hit hard by grasshoppers this year. Right now I'm kind of stuck in my house due to COVID, so I haven't seen much myself, but those are some of the things I've been hearing. The website will have weekly updates, will it? Yes. So one of the things that we've always done during the growing season is provide a a weekly update. What the weekly update does is it first covers off information about the the weather because weather has a huge impact on the development of insect pests. And then we also summarize information from a number of models that we've developed that incorporate how weather impacts the development of insects so that we can start to use those models to predict when insects will become active in the fields and when it's important to scout for them. So that weekly update provides some of that information. It'll say something like, we've had good rain and wheat midge might be emerging right now, so this is the time that you should go and scout for them if you're growing wheat in these areas. So that weekly update includes information like that, but it also provides really helpful links to the provincial websites where they're providing 
summaries of the, the scouting and the monitoring that they're doing, either in Alberta, Manitoba, or Saskatchewan. Where do farmers find this new information? So the website is now live and public at prairiepest.ca. If you visit the blog, we're also going to have links to take people to the new website. And once you're at the new website, there is an option there to subscribe, which will allow people to continue to receive the weekly update in their inbox if they were previously subscribed to the blog or to start receiving it if they were not. Megan Van Koski is the Insect Research Scientist with Agriculture Canada in Saskatoon and co-chair of the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Viterra's prices for canola fell 20 cents at $440.78. Oats dropped $5 at $256.16. Number one red spring wheat fell $224 at $226.05. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley, $195.70. Flax, $515.79. Lentils, $612.50. Yellow peas, 251.89. Feed wheat, 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is down five and a quarter cents at 5.21 a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-4180 or Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 400 cattle in the regular sale Tuesday. The cow market was active, probably a bit stronger. Good fat cows coming off of some great grass. We're bringing 95 to 98 sales as high as a dollar two. The average straight through in all the cows, 90 cents per pound. Some two-year-old feeding heiferettes, 120 to 136. Three-year-old young feeding cows, 95 to $1.15. On the bull market, bulls top at 132. They average $1.20. They might have been just a smidgen softer than the week previous. On Thursday, on our DLMS internet direct off the farm sale, we sold a couple semi-loads of 820-weight British heifers. At 820, they bring 164 for immediate delivery. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,100 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 108 to 148 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,000 head, selling in a range of 108 to 148 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, July 11th are Holy West, 110.80, Maple Leaf, 122.50, Ham's Cash, 120.50, Thunder Creek Brickle, 140, High Life, 121.37, and High Life Adjusted, 147.68 dollars per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is down 21 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3594. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.78 cents U.S. 
Weekly cash settlement base prices were higher than a week ago for week ending July 11th and for the first time since week ending May 19th. But if the pressure seen today remains on the dailies, it could push weekly settlement base prices lower once again for this week. Last week's slaughter was 7.7% higher than a year ago, and many commentators are now of the view that the U.S. processing sector will continue to operate at pre-COVID-19 levels, provided new plant closures are avoided. Large Saturday kills are still a feature of the recent weekly slaughter, coming in with numbers not typically seen since the end of November. Lean hog futures are starting the week off on a mixed note and still residing on mid-contract lows for the remainder of 2020. Average futures values are 29% lower than benchmarks until December, while 2021 offerings are approximately 6% lower compared to five-year cash averages. Neither period represents good value from a historical perspective, but conservative hedgers may elect to target some prices in the spring while values hover at or near benchmarks. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The International Monetary Fund says the Middle East's energy producers are expected to earn $270 billion U.S. less in oil revenue than last year. That comes as the region's economic heavyweight, Saudi Arabia, sinks deeper into recession amid the coronavirus pandemic. The IMF says in its latest outlook that it expects an overall economic contraction of 7.3% in Mideast oil exporting countries this year due to hits from the COVID-19 outbreak and oil market turmoil. Oil importing Mideast countries like Egypt, Jordan and Sudan are expected to see average economic contraction of 1.1%, but inflation is expected to reach 10%. Gains in the financial and material sectors helped boost Canada's main stock index in late morning trading today, while U.S. stock markets surged higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 131 points at 15,845. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 423 points at 26,498. The Canadian dollar traded at 73.75 cents U.S. compared with 73.56 cents on Friday. The August crude oil contract price was up nine cents at $40.64 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 345 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 645 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.